1: The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit wesellorlando.net. Let's tell people about things we do know. Welcome to the Black and Gold Bannerette Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy, with you here on this uh, well late July edition. This is not a summer session, but it is 2018 American Athletic Conference Media Days, which means yeah. that the yeah, so which means that the the summer is over, having literally just begun. And uh, football season is upon us. Uh, joining me, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy. Like I mentioned, Eric is joining me from uh, his hometown, his hometown compound, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Murphy is most definitely not because he was in Newport, Rhode Island
2: this week. Nothing. Nothing yeah. says
0: capital of the football world than Rhode Island. Um, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> And, that, and, that, he, football hot, that football hot, hotbed down in Rhode Island. Well, 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 well. Speaking of hotbeds, you missed the clam bake. I did not. I missed the clam bake, Jeffrey. Yes, oh. and I'm and I'm okay with that. It was a I'm it was, okay a, it was a flight issue, right? Yes, actually, it was a flight issue. My flight got like three hours delayed, so I wouldn't have made it anyway. But I wasn't planning on going anyway because I I just I, I just wanted to get here and and do my thing today and then. Leave. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to take all these Ubers all around town last night. You didn't get out want of here. the
1: lobster and the clams and the oh, whole can, thing.
2: They do you know what? They do have an oyster bar here in the airport. I think after this podcast is over, I might go get some oysters. Yeah, it's airport, it's airport oysters. Yeah, that is that's Rhode-
1: of all the of all the bad ideas I've heard, that one
2: might be the worst. No, airport oysters. It's, it's Rhode Island Airport oysters, so I feel like it's still like it's like it's still pretty decent. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet my life on it. Maybe maybe literally. Quite
1: literally, in fact. All right. Um, all right, we're <laughs> gonna talk about Media Day here. Um, the uh, oh by the way, you can follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash black and and on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. Follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon, follow Eric at Eric Lopezilo, follow Brian at spokes. Underscore Murphy, and you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. All right, so let's uh, let's get it underway. Brian, you are actually at the airport in Providence right now, I'm getting ready to fly back home. Uh, yes. Twenty eighteen Media Days. Uh, uh, listen. Like we all like media days because we all get together it's like you know it's like the little party to start the season you know and mm-hmm. hey everybody let's all get together hey haven't seen you in since last media day and all that kind of how's how's life back in Memphis or wherever and uh there's there's very little news like like news news that happens ever at a media day but there was a little kind of was there a little bit of news when uh, Mike
2: Oresco took the podium I feel like Mike Oresco came out today with with guns blazing. Uh, really, I mean, I don't know if it was news, but Mike Oresco got up there, and I don't know for how long is you know he's made his statement, but he made a very long statement about about the conference and how it should be you know obviously accepted on a on a power conference level. And and here's why with all their bowl game wins and and their draft picks, but the language he used and he was pretty fiery. I mean, he compared. Um, he compared those who doubt the validity of the AAC, the AAC as a power conference as those who doubted George Washington fighting the British in the Revolutionary War. That is I'm, quite the so comparison. <laughs> wow. That is
1: no. uh, well. That's that's must. That is the night before. That Holy was mac. that's muskets blazing for sure. Uh, go
2: on. <laughs> there was it was a there was a a Churchillian fire in the. In 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 the room at the Gurney's uh, Sea Water Hotel or wherever this was, it was it was really pretty fiery. And and, and he started off by by mentioning uh, Dr. Hit and and what he had done for the university. He also talked about how he congratulated UCF on their undefeated undefeated season and national championship, which they had a right to claim. Um, he was very complimentary of of UCF's uh, uh, you know national championship. And I just felt like, uh, yeah, this is a man who was sort of not screaming in in so many words, but he was trying to tell everybody, like, look at what we are doing. You know, like, (laughs) respect us, basically. Put some respect on it.
1: He has a point uh, in in that he's he's absolutely sick and tired of the conference that he's in charge of um, being treated like a second class citizen.
2: Uh, you know,
1: and, and I think he's right. It, it is very clear. All right, there's a division between the so-called autonomous five conferences and the and the non-autonomous five conferences. But the the, the, the AA the American is right there in this it, like right on the gray cloudy area between the two of them, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that he's trying to that he's trying to get across. And also, he's got a television contract that he's got to um, that he's got to to negotiate fairly soon. So, you know, in in that respect, uh, I I think he's absolutely correct that, you know, in making that in making that point.
0: Listen, this is all about the TV deal. This is all TV talk. This is trying to spin it so you're prepared. This is basically your pitch to get a big TV deal because he knows this next TV contract is critical. It's critical to see where the American ends up. They want to get a good TV deal. You don't want to get left out here. Uh, You don't want to end up like other conferences that are, you know, stuck on, you know, second or third tiers, and you have to find, like, random channels to find your product. So I think this is all basically he's preparing to this is what we bring to the table. Pay us the money because here's the thing. You can talk about on the field all you want. Uh, The question is how much are you getting from television? If you get a good deal from the television deal, then you're going to get what you want and and rewarded for it. Um, We've talked about this on this podcast plenty of times and how a Big Ten network and the SEC network and the packages that they provides them with the platform to really get the exposure they get and as a result get the resources and money they get. To be good at everything, so um, I really don't care what he has to say. It's great. Um, it's funny because he was kind of resistant on this topic at the beginning of all this. Right. And yeah. Now he's yeah. jumping in, and I think it's because we're closer at making trying to make a TV deal. And I think he knows there's pressure that he's in some ways will be defined based on the TV deal he gets.
1: Much by the way, at, you know, to the chagrin of UCF fans, that he was previously lukewarm on the national. On the national championship thing, now are you? See, are we? Are we going
0: to be good with him now because
1: he's jumped on board? Well, I was. I was always good with him because I. I think that he's he's done, all things considered, for the conference as a whole. He has played his series of hands perfectly to this point. Um, There were a lot of UCF fans, I think, out there that weren't, and even today I saw some reaction out there saying a little too late for me. I'm like, oh, shut up. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, I think he's right to actually jump on board and say, Hey, look, we have UCF has the right to claim that we believe it. We back them up. And I think we, as a league should back them up because that's also, by the way, good for the league. So, um, so I'm on board with that. Did he give any updates on the TV, uh, on the TV situation, Brian, or? No. Okay.
2: No. And I, I know he's been in recent podcasts talking about that it is it is his number one priority. We all know that. He has said it. Um, but there is no update uh, like any, so, any breaking news there.
1: Right. So he's, gonna, so he's gonna get back into the bunker and, and try and figure that out from
2: there. Alright, so let's... I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. No, I just like, I, like, I just like... I'm gonna read this one quote just from him. Go Again, for I it. I talked about how, how he's talking about... like This feels like a war. And he goes, if I said back in 2013 that in five years we would clearly be knocking on the door of the autonomy group you would have, to put it politely, doubted me that, but mark, mark my words, we will eventually get there. We will never settle for second class status. We will never accept a non, non silly non-power designation. We will continue to fight. We will never surrender to the naysayers who will, will always be with us. I swear to God, it almost sounds like he was going to say we will fight them on the land. We shall fight in the fields.
1: We shall fight them on the beaches. You're in Rhode
0: Island. (laughs) You're in Rhode Island. Island. you get spirited there. I will say this. He's he's right about this. When this league started five years – and that's the thing people forget. This league's five years old. And I think that's one of the reasons why it doesn't get maybe the respect is it doesn't have tradition, really. I mean, it's not the SEC or the Big Ten. I mean, in college football in particular, tradition means a lot. Uh, And people don't like to hear that, but that's reality. Um, and so he's done a heck of a job with this league. And I, I, laugh when people criticize him about it because a lot of people thought this was a joke when this first started, a lot of people like, Oh, well, is this going to be like conference USA, or is this going to be this? And, you know, it turns out he is definitely this, this league has exceeded people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he should get credit for that. And for the vision, adding a Navy, for example, has helped the football brand and the football program. They're a part of the TV package. Uh, adding Wichita State on the basketball side it had big time help to them last year he's done some things that was not a unanimous decision uh and yet it's worked out so I do agree with him in that comment and that people have doubted him and he's hit the ball out of the park more times than not
1: We shall never surrender all right um the uh so, all right let's move on from Mike Areska. i eric I think you're right I, you know if you're looking for if if your primary objective on your resume as the commissioner of a conference is to advocate for your conference. He's done that perfectly well. So um, uh, from
0: start from scratch. Yeah, it's not like a John Swafford or uh, Sankey who took over a brand, you know, like the mm-hmm. SEC. I mean, with all due respect to Greg Sankey, you know, that kind of runs his own ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's a pretty, you, it's an easy sell. Same thing. I mean, Mike Arisco had to sell something from scratch
1: yeah and he's and, done a good uh, job of that he I'm, deserves credit i'm
0: confident i'm confident he's going to get a good tv deal uh hopefully for all sports not just the football i know people yeah. focus on the football but as we've discussed uh a big time tv deal can help all your programs that help the league in, in, in full. But that's all i got. Right.
1: so let's talk about ucf uh josh heupel was there uh obviously uh Mackenzie milton was there as was the heisman trophy no coincidence uh uh, Pat Jasinski, a couple other players were there. I want to talk mm-hmm. about Josh Heupel. Uh, it, I'm sure, uh, obviously, there were questions about, hey, here you are coming in, kind of taking the wheel from somebody else who uh, left pretty much on top. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? So, how did uh, how was Josh Heupel in his first media day as UCF's head coach?
2: Yeah, pretty uh, pretty much as we expect he was very complimentary of of just the situation he's in of he's that he's come into I mean he's very I I think he understands that that he's fortunate to be around with so many returning players of a great team he understands it uh you know he, he really put it more on his players than saying how anything about him and uh he just says that all he's trying to do is and these are all cliches but you know win one game at a time and take week week by week and Uh, You know, he didn't say anything uh, too newsworthy. He did reiterate something he said uh, last week or a couple days ago that uh, Trey Neal, they knew they had known since June that uh, safety Trey Neal was going to transfer out of the program. He had stopped practicing with the team Um, and he uh, mentioned right off the bat. He mentioned Richie Grant uh, sort of unsolicited. Uh, So, uh, you know, we already knew Richie was going to play a big role in this defense, but uh, certainly they have high expectations for him.
1: The uh, the players themselves. I mean, they kind of they call this the car wash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the players going through the car wash. I mean, they're all gonna they're they're all gonna say the same sort of cliches. Was there any sort of interesting non cliché stuff that came up?
2: I think the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was from Pat Um, You know, I, I I asked him about defense because I think the one question that people have about this team is you know how. They respond after losing Mike Hughes and Shakeem Griffin, and they really lost impactful players at all three levels of the defense. Everybody knows how good the offense is. And I think the main question is, can they get enough stops? And I think he said, you know, if anybody wants to think of us or if anybody wants to underrate us, that's on them. That's their problem. Um, and uh, so I think that was, you know, kind of interesting. I, I think they they know that people sort of doubt them and, and look at the, look at this offense uh, that, that they need to put up 40 points every game because their defense maybe can't get enough stops. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be talked about a lot, and uh, and you know we'll see uh, how they respond. Certainly, you know they think they're going to be great, and of course they, they should say that. But uh, we'll see. But there is a you, you could send a, a slight tinge of, of defiance.
1: Well, I well they I think they have reason to be defiant about that because th- this is the stat that everyone forgets last year. Eric, you know exactly where I am going with this, right? UCF played games in eleven consecutive weeks. Last mm-hmm. year, after the storm, they played football eleven straight weeks, ending with the with the conference championship. By the end of that season, when they were playing their best, um, when they were playing their best uh, football or their best opponents, they were completely gassed.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. And then if you look at this year's schedule. You've got sort of the mini buy at the very start with the with the the Thursday opener followed mm-hmm. by the Saturday second game, and then you have a buy, but but that buy is followed by a Thursday game and then a Saturday game after that. So they have you know a buy and then kind of another ten days after the, the next game. So there are a lot of periods in the schedule which this team is going to get some rest, uh, weather permitting.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> Whether I can't believe we uh, have to say that now, but it's true. You know, when you think about it, like this is, this is where we're at. You know, we've had a couple of pretty active hurricane seasons uh, in a row. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. what we want to hear. There well, you go. Well, uh, I, well, right. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, but like, let's. This it, the truth, man. I mean, that's that's all what's right. you, happening. You go.
0: You go. Watch. You and you and Murph can go watch Jim Cantore and let me know.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> my boy. Hey, as as my long boy. as
1: as long as he's not parked in front of my house, I think we're okay. But anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Merv, what was, I'm curious, what was the chatter? And I don't know how much time, if any, you got to spend maybe even around the other teams or even other media people. What was the kind of the chatter when it came, when UCF got brought up, uh, up there as far as, you know, and by the way, for those that don't know, they were picked to as the preseason favorite. Uh, to win the division and win the league, so it's not like uh, they're anybody's disrespect. I mean, they're the favorite. They're going to be the overwhelming favorite going into the season. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than last year, but well, any any did you pick up on any chatter, one either one way or the other? Or anything stood out as far as either talking to other media people, chalking, or uh, maybe from other teams?
2: I think a lot of the coaches here are, you know, although they have to face UCF, it's it's they like having UCF around because it raises the profile of the entire league. Uh, Scotty Montgomery, the coach, uh, at the uh, East Carolina was asked a question about McKenzie Milton, uh, and, and was asked about, do, do you think the Heisman, the, the Heisman campaign will, will, will put pressure on him? They asked the, to the coach of the ECU and he goes, that kid will, will not wilt under the pressure. And they really praised Milton a lot. You saw, you heard, you heard that a few times from other coaches. Um, I actually asked Mike Norvell, the coach of Memphis, whether his team will actually carry last, last year's. Uh, conference championship loss and use it as motivation. Uh, he didn't really, he didn't, he said that they sort of moved on from that. Um, and fortunately I wanted to, wanted to ask that question to the Memphis players. I didn't get a chance to do that. Um, but overall people like it. I mean, it, look, it's, it's, it's better when you have a team that, you know, yeah, they're, they're great and they're, they're tough to beat. So for the sake of your own program, it's, it's difficult to get wins against them, but they are, they're, they're booing. They're booing this entire conference. I mean, they're holding it up right now and putting. They put it on a national stage last year. So, um, you know, I think. I think they're, they they uh, they certainly like having UCF around, and there was a lot of compliments from Melton.
1: The Black and Gold Bannerette Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at wesellorlando.net. Again, that's wesellorlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at facebook.com slash wesellorlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality.
2: Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fagley, and I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Oh yeah, i I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF Sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF Sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold banneret Podcast.
1: Who uh, out of the, the opponents that you saw that you spoke to around the American? I mean, you can't really say anything based on these guys just walking around in suits and yelling cliches at you. But, yeah. um, but which team? Which group of guys did you think like? Yeah, they might be interesting to follow this year.
2: I it's it's, it's probably going to be Memphis as long as Memphis can find a quarterback, which. Um, you know, replacing Riley Ferguson, you know, Norvell said that's going to go into August. They'll figure, you know, that, that this is not something they're going to, you know, decide quickly. Um, but th- that seems to be, you know, and if you look at how the, the media voted, not that it matters a whole lot, but the media is kind of expects there to be a, a championship game rematch this year between UCF and Memphis. And if Memphis can find that quarterback, uh, they're really dangerous. That was so the preseason
1: that, preseason poll, right? The uh... Yeah,
2: that. Yeah. So, uh, so just so Memphis was picked to win the West. I think they got 23 out of 30 votes, Um, and then for the conference championship, uh, UCF got 19 out of 30, and Memphis got seven, which was second second most. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: Well, Murph, I'm curious, what is the perception on the East side? I think I remember a year ago, media day, everybody was like, "Well, USF, USF's the overwhelming favorite." Who's going to compete with USF on the eastern side? Their schedule is made up for them. Well, it turns out it was UCF. Nobody saw that coming, at least not right. to that degree. Do we have that team? Because I feel like the roles are reversed a little bit now that UCF's kind of in the boat where USF was last year. They have all these returning players, including the best quarterback in the league, like Flowers was going into the season this year. It's it's McKenzie. They have a new head coach like USF did. Is there any inklings, and it doesn't have. To, maybe it doesn't have to be in the East Side. Is there a team that people are talking up and saying, you know, this team could be the UCF of 2018, and maybe surprise and challenge for the conference title in either division?
2: I mean, there's a lot. There's if you want to talk about a team that could go places because of just one guy. I mean, Ed Oliver does a lot, and they, you know. Uh, they talked about Ed Oliver, maybe playing some offense this year, the defensive tackle at Houston, because, because he's their best player and they might actually try to get the ball in his hands in some way. Uh, I think that'd be fun to watch. Uh, You know, USF got the other five votes out of the East for the preseason media poll. UCF got 25 of the 30 votes to win the East. USF got the other five. I talked to a couple of USF people who were actually surprised that the bulls got that many, uh, I don't know if anybody really believes that anybody can compete with UCF in this Eastern division, and that's sort of dangerous. I mean, you know, you, you, if you're UCF, you can't look – I'm sure they won't look at it, but you can't know that because then you start resting on your laurels and thinking how great you are. Um, but but out of the East division, I don't think there's anybody who thinks there's any competition. And then out of the West, uh, yeah, yes, Memphis is the best team, but I think Houston is the most intriguing um, because they probably they may have the number one pick in the entire draft.
1: Yeah, at no, Oliver. Is That's interesting. At US,
0: USF, uh, USF's got to find a quarterback, and they had their they just had the kid Dean, uh, their quarterback King, uh suspended. Uh, yeah. the beginning of the yeah. season, and that probably hurts them a little bit as well, right? Was there some chatter about the quarterback position at USF?
2: I, I there might have been. I missed it. Uh, the uh, USF round t- the coaches roundtable. I didn't see that. Um, So I don't don't know. Is it USF or is it South Florida?
0: Oh, I know. I got to (laughs) apologize. I got to apologize. I'm sorry, Charlie Strong. I'm sorry. To avoid the confusion, you want to be referenced now as South Florida because apparently people...
1: Because, you know, know that's not confusing enough as it is.
0: Uh, So I apologize. I will now call you South Florida per your request on your jersey. I apologize. I I am making that correction right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just, just do yourself a favor, everybody. If you go to South Florida, don't go looking for USF.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, what's the tone? You talk to the UCF players. Have they finally put – what's their rea- mood as far as – have they put last year behind them? Do they don't want to talk about last year? Is it about this year? What – you because know, obviously people have been talking about you know in the offseason. That's all they've been talking about. It's about the championship yeah. plan, about the undefeated. Well, this is a new year now. That's it. And you're with that comes a target and that record does not translate to this year. So what is the players saying about that?
2: Yeah, you know, and even we heard that in spring that they, they, they were not talking. They were no longer going to talk about, you know, their undefeated season because even in spring ball, it was already done. You know, I asked them today. One of the questions I posted to, to the players was, you know, every every year the players want to get better. Every team says they want to get better. Well, how do you get better than undefeated? And, uh, you know, to a man, really, they said, well, it's not about the record. It's about, you know, just being better yourself, getting better as a player. Um, you, know, you know, Wyatt Miller uh, put on some weight because he wanted to be, you know, more sturdy, more bulky, a little more muscular this year. Titus Davis has been working hard to work into Randy Shannon's defense. Uh, and so I think their aspect of, of last year is gone. And I think they're, they really want to, to get better individually. And as, as, if they do that and stay healthy, uh, which is no small feat, then uh, then I think this team is, is going to reach its goals, which are still very, very, very lofty. What's
0: yeah. the most popular question that was asked of either a UCF player or uh, maybe even the entire league the whole day that you saw that every time you were somewhere, they kept that question, kept popping up, and you're like, wow, they really brought that question up again. What, has there been a, a theme? Somebody had a theme as a big popular question? Like, I know – I've been watching the Big Ten Media Days. Everybody's been asking about the playoff system uh, to coaches, the the red shirts, and, and and all that stuff. What's been a common topic uh, that's been brought up at Rhode Island since you've been there?
2: Well, I think league wide, I, I think that's a good it's, that's a good point. There was a lot of questions poached to, uh, poised to each coach was the, the about the playoff. Should they expand the playoff? Should it go to eight teams? Should it go to sixteen teams? They asked Josh Heupel that question, uh, and he didn't actually give a firm answer. Like. Well, you know, I don't know if it's 8 or 16, but Heupel did say that this, who, the winner of this league deserves to be in that championship. It deserves to be in that playoff. Now, if that means they have to expand to 8, uh, so be it. But he believes that, that the winner of this this league should be in the playoff. And then otherwise, I think the, the most player-focused or player-centric story was Mackenzie Milton's Heisman campaign. Uh, look, UCF, you know, every team brings their media guides and their notes and whatever – so UCF brought theirs, but they also brought Hawaiian Lays uh, that every media member could take home if they want with the, you know, hashtag Heisman symbol on it. Oh uh, Yes. Um, and that they are they are marketing it to the hilt. Also, the Heisman Trophy was in attendance at, at the uh, at this event. So I uh, took some pictures of that. And um, yeah, I mean, that was really the, the other. The, the most player centric story is, you know, McKenzie Milton. Dealing with the the spotlight and having the the Heisman campaign upon him, I asked him more about just how w- the reception he's getting back at home. Uh, you know, because w- because Hawaii is a big part of him and the campaign. Um, and he talked he talked a lot about his friendship with uh, the Alabama quarterback, Tua Toya of Yavailoa. I believe I got that almost correct. Pretty good. And uh, and uh, so, but that's about it. I mean, Milton's your player that everybody was talking about. And then, you know, league-wide, everyone's talking about should we – or should they expand the playoff? I actually asked Titus Davis that question. Titus Davis really thought about it for a long time, and then I said, do you think they should keep the playoff at four teams? And he goes, yeah, I like four. I really like four. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think UCF fans like four, but uh, but I certainly understand where Titus is coming from.
1: Somebody needs to get to him and tell him and tell him what's up about that. <laughs> I mean, come <laughs> on, I man. I mean,
0: look, I mean – It's fascinating. I think we're finally getting good dialogue and I give the Big Ten media credit and I give, I guess, you credit, Murph, and whoever is out there in Rhode Island. I think we're finally asking the proper questions, and that is, what's your thoughts on the playoff and your thoughts on maybe expanding instead of, well, who's the champ, who's this or that? There's a lot of flaws with the playoff system. The Big Ten champion, by the way, as I've learned in the Big Ten media, days, has not made the playoff in three of the four years. Um, mm-hmm. This is not a. This is not a. Hey, this is a UCF problem or a Group of Five problem. It's a sports problem, and I think when we start actually having adult conversations about this, and people start having dialogue, then we'll actually have something change. And I do think we will have eight teams, probably ten
1: years from now. Well, I think the other yeah. thing too is, uh, I mean, you're starting to see this pick up outside of the of the non P five leagues. Scott Frost threw his weight behind an 18 playoff, I think Harbaugh did been. too. Yeah, which he's always been, yeah. but like for, but for him to say that, you know, as part of the, as part of the Big Ten, I think is noteworthy. I think Harbaugh Harbaugh came out in favor of it too. So I, I, I think it's starting to become, it's starting to become more or less common knowledge now that it's going to happen.
0: Part of the yeah. right, and the part of the problem is, and the Big Ten has been an example of this. And they brought it up when I watched their coverage. You know, two years ago, people forget this. Ohio, You know, people making a big deal about Alabama getting in, even though they didn't win their division or their conference. Ohio State got in two years ago without winning their conference and their division. And they got in at the expense of the Big Ten champion, Penn State, because, quote, they had a second loss in their schedule right. in the non-conference. Um, you know, so they, they've had that issue. Last year, Ohio State didn't get in, even though the Big Ten, in my opinion, was the best football league last year, by far, top to bottom, better, than anybody in the conference. So I think people realize that you have great teams and it's okay. That two of the best teams can be in the league. I think to solve this is you get to eight. And I think I I would prefer to be top five, the power quote unquote. And I hate the terms. I don't know why. And that's part of the problem. We always have power. Like who cares? The top five conference champions, the group of five champion and two wild cards. I do think the probably compromise is what Scott Frost said, which is, the five conference champions and three at larges because the power conferences will probably not give in to the group of five automatically getting a bid because they don't want to share the money and all that yada 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 which is, again goes back to the American conference needs to have a strong TV deal so they could put themselves in the table. We could talk all about the on the field stuff but at the end of the day that's where the power struggle comes so I think we're gonna get eight I think we're gonna get weight to this TV contract but I think it's gonna take the big ten to change this not because a team went undefeated and they they think they should be in yeah. because I think if we've seen anything from this committee beyond last year people forget this Florida State in 2014 was undefeated and they were a three seed they barely got into the tournament so it's not like you know that they're not it's not like you have to be undefeated and you're automatically in there's more to it it's too subjective and that's the big problem that as James Franklin brought up at Penn State
2: yeah i, I would bring up too like the roundtable – that Josh Heupel was on, also had Sonny Dykes of SMU. He was uh, very direct in saying he thought eight was best. Uh, I believe Jeff Collins, the head coach at Temple, said eight as well. I mean, eight makes so much sense, right, just from a logistical standpoint of like you get every power five conference championship champion in there. You get, you know, the the best of the non-power, whatever you want to call it, and then two at-larges, which are deserving. I mean, but again, this th- that's not going to change probably until that, that the, the current contract runs out. Uh, which is what twenty twenty four? Mid twenty twenties, yeah, twenty twenty four. Yeah, I was paying attention to Josh Heupel. I'm <laughs> 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 sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Eric. Uh, I, I didn't pay and terribly close attention to everybody else. I, I I let you down there. I really do apologize. That's okay.
1: That's okay. Uh, I, can, that's I, can, right. I can. I'll let it. I'll let it. That part out. We got to wrap uh, up. Slide. We we got to wrap anyway. So all right. All right. So, uh as we wrap, I mean here we are on a Tuesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. As you're about to hop on a plane, get back down here, uh Brian, uh while you are while the back of your seat is being kicked by some toddler, what do you plan on uh writing about uh this week?
2: So, a lot of pieces coming out from from what I saw today, uh a piece about the, you know, like I, thought, I talked about the defense being underrated or people not wanting the defense to, to be seen as As a you know, as a as a blemish for this team, I'll talk about uh, the the uh, comments from Oresco, a little bit about Milton, uh, you know, and uh, some other things. And we'll just see what I don't. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I could uh, throw. But I'll be I'll be putting things up uh, today, Tuesday, and then uh, throughout the week as well, just sort of peppering the site with a little small things.
1: Cool, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be a blast to see that kind of stuff. All right, Uh, real quick as we wrap up, Brian, where can people reach out to you?
2: Uh, they can find me at the airport. Uh, they can <laughs> find they can find me uh, spokes underscore Murphy on Twitter. Cool stuff.
1: And uh, Eric, where can people reach out to you?
0: Well, first of all, I just hope that Murph gets back to Florida quicker than he did from the Trop though, when we had the Banny's award show. <laughs> <our way. laughs>
1: yeah, that don't get don't get story. don't get stuck on some exit uh, on the way <laughs> on the
2: way down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't wait! For, I, I can't wait to be twelfth in line for takeoff. You can follow me
0: at Eric Lopez Elo. By the way, where uh, you know we'll have a lot. I have content there going on uh, for a variety of topics. We'll just
1: leave it at that. Cool, cool. And uh, I want to uh, also send out a very special thank you to Michael Esposito. Espo writes on Twitter. Who uh, uh, our buddy Sam Unger put us in touch. He actually. Helped us out as well with providing some uh, some uh, live content as well uh, from uh, Media Day. So I wanted to thank Mike for that. Espo writes on Twitter, folks, give him a follow. He does a great job uh, keeping track of UCF uh, elsewhere in the uh, UCF media world. So thanks again. So as we wrap up here, uh, again, Brian, safe travels getting home.
2: Thanks. Thanks.
1: And, uh, Eric, I'll talk to you soon, all right? Sounds good. All right. You can follow uh, both of those guys for uh, all of our uh, media day coverage go- spreading on throughout the week. Uh, and as we head toward football season, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Also, be on the lookout for more of our summer sessions here on the Black and Gold Bannerette podcast. Tiffany Roberts-Sahedak this week, the uh, UCF women's soccer uh, head coach. We're going to have that out a little bit later on this week, previewing the 2018 season for UCF women's soccer. Soccer, and we're going to have uh, hopefully uh, men's soccer, volleyball, and a couple other things coming your way as well. Some alumni we've got on tap. Uh, I'm not going to give it away just yet because there are still some things in the works. But uh, and you know me, I don't like to uh, divulge things before they're 100 percent in the bag. But um, but uh, but yeah, that's wow. we've got that we've got that all the way. We've got that stuff ready for you coming up. So keep an eye on uh, blackandgoldbanneret.com. Facebook.com slash black and gold banneret, UCF underscore banneret on Twitter. Uh, and and subscribe to our podcast if you don't already on uh, Apple Podcast Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. TuneIn, in and Google play. For Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy, I'm Jeff Sharon saying thank you so much for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you again later on with a few more summer sessions as we move headlong toward the 2018 season.